It's Friday, December 3rd, 2021, and from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, this is the Pennsylvania Legacies Podcast. I'm Josh Rollerson. Well, the last 400 years of Pennsylvania's history are pretty well covered in textbooks. But what about the last million years, or 500 million years? The Pennsylvania we know today only exists because of a series of geologic events that occurred over this enormous time span. Without them, you wouldn't be able to hike the Appalachian Trail, paddle the Yakagani, or enjoy the breathtaking views at Pine Creek Gorge. And of course, without decayed plants from primeval swamps, Pennsylvania would never have had a fossil fuels industry. That's all ancient history, though. Most people don't tend to think of geological events in terms of living ecosystems observable in our world now. But the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources takes a somewhat different view. The ecological role of landscapes is a key component in DCNR's Conservation Landscapes program. Our guest today, Kristen Hand, is a geologist and serves as internal lead for the Kittatinny Ridge Conservation Landscape. That section of the Appalachian Mountains is one of the most climate-resilient parts of the Commonwealth, providing shelter for threatened and endangered species, as well as clean drinking water for many cities. Peck's Lily Jones got a chance to speak with DCNR's Kristen Hand about how Pennsylvania came to look the way it does, and why that's important for several of our signature concerns here at Peck, particularly having to do with recreation and climate change. Here's their conversation. So thank you, Kristen, for joining us on Pennsylvania Legacies. Um, if you want to start out by explaining your role at DCNR, that would be a great place to start out. Great. Thanks, Lily. Um, yeah, my name is Kristen Hand. I am a geoscientist supervisor with the Pennsylvania Geological Survey, which is a bureau within the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. Uh, I get to wear many hats in my job. Uh, one of my hats is to, to work with the stratigraphic studies of Pennsylvania's geology and uh, map them. We make beautiful geologic maps across the state. Uh, a few of my other hats that I wear, one of them is um, the internal lead for DCNR um, in the Kittatinny Ridge Conservation Landscape. And uh, we do a lot of work with that on, on promoting conservation, um, recreation and economics within the region. So I think it would be really great if we got started by um, you giving just a quick overview of the geology of Pennsylvania and maybe the history, because I, I long-term history, obviously, but sure. I know there sure. are lots of different events that made Pennsylvania look the way it does now. Yeah, Pennsylvania is, is an amazing state because it, it's so ancient and we can see so much of that time um, within the rock record. And the beautiful thing about that is as a geologist, we're interpreters of the, those stories, you know, what happened, when did it happen and what did it look like at that point in time? And Pennsylvania's geology goes back millions and millions of years. I mean, we're looking at 600 million year old rock record, um, at the surface even that you can see and interact with. And the beautiful thing about that geology being at the surface is that you can get a really good idea of the depositional environment. What, what did the earth look like at that point in time, 600 million years ago, that would create a rock that looked like this? Thankfully, we, look, we can look to examples in today's um, current 
geology processes, you know, where, where things are being created right now and relate those to what we see in the past. And then over the years and the, and the millennia, we get a chance to see how we had several mountain building events over, over time. You know, we started off kind of in the Cambrian as this gentle sea where everything was building up. We had great um, reefs and areas where it's just this shallow inland sea where it deposited a lot of limestone and dolostone. And then we have things, what we call orogenies, which are mountain building events where the plate tectonics have, have shifted and they're moving one direction or another. So it's this, this constant change of plates, you know, either subducting or coming together um, and then ripping apart again. And so over the years, we've had three, orog- three major orogenies that have uh, affected Pennsylvania's landscape. And that started with the Taconic orogeny. Um, this was kind of like a volcanic arc and we can see some of the effects of this. Um, we do have an ancient volcano um, here in Pennsylvania in South Mountain. And uh, so we would tell the story a little bit about that. Um, we have another quiet period then, inland seas, salt builds up um, during the Silurian time. And then we have this Acadian orogeny where we collide with Europe. Europe and North America come together and it forms the Catskill Delta. And then we have another period where we go back into a nice calm, shallow. And then we have our final orogeny, which was the Acadian, or I'm sorry, Alleghenian orogeny, which then ends up making the mountains the the way that they are forming that Appalachians. And that's when Africa came and, and hit us. So you can imagine if you think today about India and how India was once by itself, and then it ran into Asia and created the Himalayas. Now, India is much smaller than Africa. So when, when Africa hit us uh, during the Allegheny and Rajani about 250 to 300 million years ago, it actually created the Appalachians that were were probably as big or bigger than the Himalaya mountains. So then it takes 300 million years to kind of get down to the landscape that we are now, where we have all of this beautiful um, topography and landscapes within the state that are very unique. Uh, You can be down in the Philly area And it definitely feels very different than when you're in the northern tier or over by Pittsburgh. So it's it's really fantastic to have this ability to to see so many different types of landscapes within such a beautiful state. You sort of got into um, this a bit at the end, um, but are there any, I guess, specific features in Pennsylvania that are maybe unique to the state or the region? Yeah, Pennsylvania has a, has a couple of, of really exciting, unique things. One of them, like I mentioned, we do have the remnants of a, an ancient volcano um, down in the South Mountain area. Now, this doesn't look like any other volcano that people usually are used to seeing because it's, it is ancient, 600 plus million years old. Um, it's also been twisted and tortured and uplifted and turned over and eroded. <laughs> so... Um, but it is exciting that it's there and we can see some of the um, 
the unique properties of that area down in South Mountain compared to others. The other, the other unique thing, and, and this is part of what we work on in the conservation landscape, is the Kittatinny Ridge. Uh, we kind of have two, two areas, two ridges, uh, I should say, lines of demarcation in the state that are, that are pretty important. One of them is the Allegheny Front, which is further um, up along the arc that goes from like Maryland to, to Jersey. Um, and that's the furthest extent of where we have this folding in the Appalachias uh, from Africa hitting our plate. Um, so then when that pulled back, then we have the, the lower side of that valley and ridge province that is marked by the Kittatinny Ridge, which um, runs the entire way from Maryland to Jersey. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with it because the Appalachian Trail runs on most of it. Um, and it, it's significant not only for its recreation potential, but uh, for its climate resiliency. This, this area creates a flyway for us, and it's, it's a green belt sort of that um, helps a lot of the species as we move into climate change actually have a place where they can travel north and do that migration north as uh, the temperatures become hotter and, and less stable um, for what they need further south. So it's, it's crucial to have this landscape here um, through process of geology that creates this beautiful bridge for, for um, wildlife and plant species to, to migrate north as we face climate change and, and try and adapt. Yeah, I, I never knew that. Are there any other features that might um, be impacted by climate change or connect to climate? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things that we deal with, especially uh, here right now, where um, I'm located in the, in the Great Valley in Harrisburg, and um, this great valley runs the entire, you know, south side of the Kittatinny Ridge. And within this valley, we have a lot of limestone formations here and um, they're very useful and, and they help us, you know, have the cities and support the towns and cities that we have in this area. With climate change, the weather becomes more erratic um, year to year and as we, as we slow this progression into, you know, overall overarching climate change, you know, the, the weather becomes more unstable. And with that, one of the things that's susceptible to that is karst geology, where you end up having sinkholes. And when you have great fluctuations in the water table, uh, when you get really large rain events and storm events, it can really exacerbate um, the formation of karst. And so it really becomes an interesting um, thing to try and deal with. Karst is very complicated to deal with, not just to fix it, but also from a society standpoint, an economical standpoint. Um, we need the quarries close to um, the towns in order to fix the roads and build any number of things. Um, so the quarries are crucial and it becomes kind of an issue of like, nobody wants to have a sinkhole on their property because then that can devalue their property. Um, they, they can fix it, but it doesn't change the actual geology underneath. So I think moving forward, it's definitely going to be an issue of critical importance to try and get better understanding of our karst geology 
And really water management is going to be an issue because if you don't, if you keep building and, and you don't come up with more solutions to manage the stormwater runoff, it's just going to make it worse. That's one of the biggest things that we see moving forward to try and mitigate. Can't necessarily adapt to that, but we can try <laughs> and come up with mitigating um, best management practices. So going back to the conservation landscape, you sort of mentioned this with um, the Appalachian Trail, but um, are there other ways that the geology of Pennsylvania interacts with outdoor recreation and tourism? I think another thing that people probably don't think of much when they think of the conservation landscapes is like how the actual landscape is, you know, formed. (laughs) Right, Um. right. Yeah, you know, it's funny, like you can... You can travel around Pennsylvania, and and like I said before, when you're in a certain area, you can tell you're in that area. You have this sense of place. You have this sense of, you know, this this area looks like this and is like this because of the landscape beneath your feet. So, for instance, one of one of the big conservation landscapes that we have, one of the original ones, is the Pennsylvania Wilds, and you know, up there for years and years, they've had this boom and bust economy based somewhat on the geology because, you know, there was coal mining and then there was uh, gas exploration. And so they'll have these periods of, of, you know, really intense, like um, attention being paid up there. And a lot of people moving in, they take the resource and then they leave. And then there's this lull in the economy. Um, after that, you know, with with the the coming about of conservation landscapes, we started to try and get people to work together um, to look at more sustainable forms of developing the economy in these areas. And so one of those ways is is looking at like ecotourism and um, and recreational based tourism. And the, the Pennsylvania wilds is great for that. There's beautiful hiking up there, um, elk watching. It has a lot of different things for different people. And the geology is what helps support all of that because, um, you know, up there, that's what we call the Allegheny uh, Plateau. And so it's, it's relatively flat with these deep cut valleys um, that provides great habitat for um, like the elk up there. And... <clears throat> It also provides some great opportunities to do kayaking and hiking, beautiful vistas. You have the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon up there. So, you know, it's, it's the geology that kind of forms your sense of place up there when you, when you get up there and, and then how people over history have used it and adapted to that landscape. So it's fascinating to see the different kind of places and and how that happens. Uh, The Susquehanna Riverlands, um, that area is is completely different from the Pennsylvania wilds, but they're able to also connect um, by using the Susquehanna River as a main focal point and the creeks and tributaries that come into it that show just incredible unique geology. Um, Down there, we have like uh, around Conowingo, you know, we've got the, the big boulders in the rivers that tell the story of, of how we had glaciers here at one point. And then after they started to recede, we had such intense, like flood flooding happen when ice dams would break and they would bring these Volkswagen bug sized rocks down and, uh, and place them in the middle of the river. Plus these beautiful potholes in, in the rocks in Susquehanna. So it's, it's really just all about telling that story and um, 
what the rocks are trying to tell us about what happened in our past. It's fascinating. I could go on and on about the different landscapes. But yeah, the Ridge and Valley with the Kittatinny kicking it off there is is beautiful. You can stand on one side and on the the vistas that are just absolutely incredible and see that beautiful um, folded mountains and the agriculture in between. And it gives a very pastoral setting for that unique feel. Are there any specific destinations that people like maybe specifically draw people to Pennsylvania, like people from out of the state or travel destinations? Uh, yeah, we've got a couple of, of really big ones. Um, Ohio Pile uh, State Park is one of them. That's in the Laurel Highlands area. And it's the unique geology there that helps develop the, the falls, um, Ohio Pile Falls and all the other waterfalls around it, Cucumber Falls and Meadow Run, um, just to name a few. And, and the geology there is, is one, you know, of the unique things that creates those falls. You have, you know, specific rock types that um, have nick points that keep marching back and creating these beautiful waterfalls. Um, and then it, it really draws people to do the bike trails and, um, and the rafting, of course. Um, the rafting is a big draw down there in Ohio Pile. And, and another place related to rafting is uh, we have Jim Thorpe and, and Lee Heighton. That's another unique landscape, completely different from the Schuylkill Highlands. That actually runs through um, the Kittatinny Ridge. We have a water gap there um, that creates some unique geology where the, the water is cut down through the ridge itself and, and created just a beautiful river to recreate on. Um, there's even some, some good climbing locations over there. People like to do, uh, some rock climbing on the hogbacks along the Kittatinny there near Palmerton. Um, so it's, it's a lot of unique stuff and there's so many things to do, uh, in Pennsylvania related to recreation that is <laughs> impacted by the geology. Is there anything else that you would like to add that, um, you think people should know? I think this is a, a, a beautiful time of Pennsylvania's rebirth. Um, I think for years and years, we have seen our state struggle with our legacy of past industrialization. And, you know, if you look at examples like Pittsburgh, and how far they've come. Um, when I was growing up, you know, my mom was from there and we would go and, and, and visit Pittsburgh and it was just such a dirty town. Um, so it had this legacy of steel industry that just left it depleted. And when that happens, a lot of the young people leave. And so we have this great migration of young people out of the state. And now we're starting to really see, because of all these beautiful partnerships, we're really starting to see people see the land as a resource, um, as an asset, which is wonderful. Uh, with Kittatinny Ridge, we do these return on environment reports, which actually gives value to our natural resources as much as it would a building on a property or you know, the, the parking lot on a property. Those have asset values. Um, we're starting to now look at, you know, what is the actual value of our natural resources on a piece of property and evaluate it properly. For instance, like a wetland, 
right now you can go in and you can replace a wetland, but are you really replacing it at a one-to-one -one value? And, you know, by moving into this proper return on environment studies, we can actually say, okay, so this, this wetland has been here for this many years. It, it takes you know, a thousand, 1200 years to actually get it working properly to the point that it's working now. And that development time is valuable. So you increase the value of what that wetland is actually worth and then get proper evaluation, which in turn will help people find locations instead of using virgin land. Pittsburgh has had this beautiful rebirth because they're embracing all the natural resources they have there. They're embracing the recreation. They're trying to do more smart and sustainable development, which draws people back to the area. And that can happen in big cities and in smaller areas too. In the Pennsylvania wilds, Kane, the town of Kane, wonderful place. Um, and they were experiencing the same thing on, on their size level. And now that they've embraced the, the geology and the natural resources that they have there, there's, they're seeing a rebirth up there too. So it can happen across the state. And slowly but surely, we're starting to work with more and more cities. I was just in Bethlehem uh, over the, the weekend, and they have um, a great location, which used to the steel stacks, which used to be a, an industrial complex. And they've converted it over to a beautiful like art center and music. And so it's it's really great to see these towns become renewed and then have people just put more and more energy into it. It's, it's really a great time to be in Pennsylvania. That's Lily Jones, Communication Coordinator for PEC, speaking with Kristen Hand. She's a geoscientist with DCNR working with the Kittatinny Ridge Conservation Landscape. You can learn more about the Conservation Landscapes program via links in the episode description at PECPA.org, P-E-C-P-A.org. While you're there, be sure to read about PEC's work with the Pocono Forests and Waters Conservation Landscape in Northeast PA, as well as the Laurel Highlands CL in the Southwest. We'll be back in two weeks with our final episode of 2021. Hope you can join us then. Until then, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council and Lily Jones, I'm Josh Rollerson saying thanks for listening.